II, an elite U.S. commando team was placed in cryogenic suspension as an emergency contingency plan. The horrific release of Vanguard on an unsuspecting population prompted their revival. These four MMO experts, modified by super science, have dedicated themselves to providing insightful, humorous commentary in the hopes of preventing future catastrophes of the Vanguard magnitude. If you're playing or making a crappy MMO, and if you can find them on iTunes, you can listen to the M Team. Listen to those channels. I am Mark, and I will speak clearly so that you may identify my voice. What character do you play? Due to listener feedback, I play the character Zulin, the warlock on Arthas server, level 60-something warlock, and then I also play Vexen, the guild leader, uh, level 20-something priest on Arthas of World of Warcraft as well. I have been told that I need to clearly identify myself. (laughs) Identify yourself! And on Age of Conan, I play... What I thought was an assassin, but maybe is actually something else. We'll get to that later. Oh, yeah, sorry. We also have Jason. What's up, party people? And Noah. Jason, who the hell do you play? Yeah, it, identify yourself. I'll get into that in the uh, email segment. That's but, what one of our listeners but I just asked us to identify break it on down. M- myself. You've lost your identity. I've, been... I've got to save, save something for the listeners here. That's true. What about you, Noah? Identify yourself. <laughs> Well, now I feel like I should wait. You are serial number <laughs> 4365973. Mark's always been the one who doesn't follow the crowd. We have to entice crowd. our listeners one to listen all doing the way through. His own thing, one of, oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, there's only three of us. We are missing one of our hosts due to an extreme sports accident. Yeah, we actually true. have... Uh, uh, yeah, Jim has uh, broken his leg in a horrible... Uh, well, how, how should we put this without... Embarrassing him too it much. It was an extreme sports accident. I think we should just leave it at that. I don't, I don't think we need to go into details. Anyway, he did. Br- he really broke his ankle bad. It was a tip tip fracture. Yeah, it as was, they say, going to have to do medical. surgery on him. Yeah, it was uh, that bad. So, anyway, Send your uh, hopes, we do have wishes, we do prayers, actually have footage whatever. from the from the game uh, where this happened. This comes courtesy of the. Amped Extreme Sports Network, so uh, enjoy this uh, little segment. Let's get ready to rumble! You are listening to the Amped Extreme Sports Network, brought to you by KY Bengay Extreme Sports Gel, for when you really need to stick it in there. She'll thank you after she stops screaming. We've got bull wrestling, exploding lawn darts, trailer jumping, tornado diving, kissing, badger hugging, white water tubing, picture taunting, and kickball. Over here in the bottom of the ninth, and tensions are high as the governor's park tree huggers are tied with the Colfax Kitty Cats 24-24. Dan. What do you think these tree huggers are going to have to do to get back on top? Well, Bob, it looks like the tree huggers are sending in ace kickballer Jim the Tofu King Fouch. Jim's having a great year. 
He's got an ERA that reminds me of your wife's bra size. Uh, thanks, Bob. Hope you burn in hell, you hairy little man. Speaking of hair, would you look at that second base woman? Yeah, Bob, she's a looker, all right. I like the way she wears those sweatbands. Jim's up, and he looks like he's ready to kick for the fences. And here's the pitch. And that's a miss, but his shoe is headed for the outfield. You know, that's one big-ass shoe, Dan. You know what that means. Big feet? That's right. If he loses his job at the Vegan Republican Army headquarters, he can always get a job as a Ronald McDonald stand-in. Okay, it appears that the equipment malfunction has been handled and Jim is ready for the next pitch. Uh, I mean roll. And it's a fast one! Whoa! Nice one! That's gonna get him on base at least. He's rounding first! He's headed for second! But it looks like Ivana Boom Boom McAllister has the ball on the way to second base woman Candy Kane. He's not gonna make it. Not enough time. Yee-haw! Oh, snap! I haven't seen a man and a woman run into each other like that since Dr. Phil got in the way of Oprah at the Feed the World buffet. Oh, oh my god! god! Oh my god, he broke his foot clean off in her crotch. Oh, sweet Jesus. It appears she's got one of those titanium alloy cups the pros are always wearing. It must have happened when he tried to slide into her. Yeah, I'd like to slide into that too, if you know what I mean. Me too. Did you see the size of her hands? That's kind of scary, Dan, and uh, you're touching my knee again. Oh, sorry, Bob. Well, it looks like he's getting medical attention now from that big lumberjack guy. That's no big man. That's your wife and her moon. Bitch, it is! But why is she taking his pants off? I don't know, but he's not responding to her. Looks like he'll have to wait for the paramedics to get real medical help. Wow, that was fast. It only took him four hours. Well, there he goes. It looks like they're taking him and his severed foot straight to the ER. And in a show of good sportsmanship, it looks like Candy has given him a kiss and a note, which might be a phone number. Well, he wasn't able to score the winning run, but maybe he'll score later tonight. Wink, wink. Let's hope so, for his sake, that he does. And now, back to our game. Jesus Christ, man, that was harsh. Is sounds that like accurate? it really is that how it really went yeah, down? It sounds like it it really was, you know. I, I appreciate the the Amped Extreme Sports Network for bringing that to us. Yeah. Yeah, I guess they're not even going to charge us. Hopefully, hopefully Jim's going to be okay. It sounds like he's going to be hobbled for for a few weeks. Yeah, but maybe he'll be getting some visits in the hospital. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Quote maybe. unquote visits. Yeah. Well, what else do we have to present to our Well, we got our regular medley of madness. We'll be talking about madness what we've medley. been playing, mm-hmm. and we've got several emails. we got a ton of emails this week. Our listenership has really stepped up their game this week. Yeah, it's been pretty sweet. I think we have another audio clip from... The we do. Yeah. So we got a bunch of that, and then we've got some good twig. We've got... Some, a little bit of twig from last week, and a bunch of fresh twig for you for this week. <laughs> we have we have old stinky nasty twig, and we've got fresh <laughs> fresh smells fresh straight from fresh the vine the twig. twig. Smells yeah. like pine. Uh, it does. <laughs> I'm having well, a pine salt moment. Of, I guess if you want to say that, I, I really don't want to tell people where it comes from. 
Yeah, it is a secret Down sauce, there. which we make with 57 <laughs> flavors. Much like ketchup, but different. Uh, okay, well, I guess it's time to move on. Alright, let's get into what we've been playing. For me, uh, my game time was limited to our get-together last weekend, which we... Oh, yeah. Let our listeners know we were going to have a wee-tastic weekend. <laughs> a wee-tastic weekend. And it was very small. <laughs> no, I, I thought it was <laughs> in a school. Really wee, decent perhaps. Wee. Wee, wee little bit of fun. There was only two broken glasses. Oh, God, I know. Oh, How God. horrible was that? Yeah. <laughs> we kept breaking glasses in Jim's, in Jim's house. It was like total carnage, total klutzes, but oh, well. It tends to happen. It's like when it's just that thing, you know. Whenever, whenever Noah would win at Mario Kart, he'd stand up, scream "Mazel Tov," and throw his glass into the invisible fireplace. <laughs> yeah, kind of. That, that's kind of what do it went down. Yeah, yeah. We played Mario Kart. I just urinated on the curtains. I, I, <laughs> some of you just don't have any class at all. I tell you. But yeah, yeah what yeah. did we play? We, we played Mario Kart, which was. A lot of fun. That was awesome. I had a blast playing that game. We tried some Smash Brothers. Not everybody was quite as into that. I yeah, liked I liked it. that a whole lot better than Mario Kart. Did you really? Yeah. I had no idea. No, I but it was instantly mixed. So. Jim was the one who, who kind of didn't dig on the whole Smash Brothers thing. Yeah, I didn't know who it was, but I was like, I like, oh, oh. And then we also played quite a bit of Donkey Konga too. That was cool, man. That was Donkey fun. Donkey Kong 2, yeah. The, bongos. the two people with actual drumming experience were the worst. That was kind of <laughs> neat. <laughs> not sure how yeah, that it was. All it was went like down. a battle, battle between me and Noah for a yeah. while there. Noah was kicking my ass. and Actually, <laughs> I was like only like a couple points away from him every time. I was so close. That's what he remembers it as. Yeah. I remember. <laughs> I don't think it was a total ass kicking on your gap. part. I mean, we were both. <laughs> Point two points. <laughs> Yeah, Noah's like, yeah, he's rolling his eyes right now. Whatever. Yeah, I kicked your ass. I think he said that's the whiskey talking again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it was. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Jason? You play anything else besides Wii? Uh, well, of course, the Wii weekend, and I logged on and, and just for a little bit of World of Warcraft, I did manage to log a little time with that. Did some of the auction house stuff, and I leveled. I think I actually leveled up my rogue. One level, oddly enough. You noob, it's a rouge, fucker. Rouge, you're right. <laughs> you're right. R-O-U-G-E. Age of Mary Kay. <laughs> yeah, so... I heard, I heard of the greatest um, rogue name ever, Baton Rogue. Baton Rogue. Actually, it would have been better if it had been Baton Rouge. I know! It's, like, kind of funny. Anyway. But it is kind of funny that he actually spelled it the right way. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. That is cool. Uh, so I did that, and, and, of course, I've been playing Age of Conan, um... For the most part, since you know this is launch, this was launch week. Yeah, and uh, for the most part, I think it was a successful launch. We'll we'll talk. We'll we'll have a little brief Age of Conan segment with um, some thoughts about how the launch went and and whether or not we think there's been you know truth to you know people thinking that it was going to be bad a bad launch or whether or not it's you know, the second coming or, or whatever. Yeah, there seems to be a wide range of opinions at this point. Yeah. How about you, Mark? What have you been playing? 
a lot of WoW. Um, played played WoW with the guild. Um, <clears throat> did a run through. What the hell did we run through, Noah? Uh, RFK. The... Oh yeah, that was cool. I, f- yeah. I forgot that was a lot of fun. You actually got to hurt things. It was great. Yeah. I mean, you were important in it, and you weren't just like a we're along changed. for the ride. Well, we were kind of along for the ride because Kinker brought his level fifty something. Oh, warrior! Yeah, well, he brought uh, the the cow. Yeah, I wanted the, the to tank cow. He had hell. the halter top on again. It was disgusting. Sick, sick man! Dancing. It was so cool, though. I mean, I couldn't even keep up with gathering the loot. He was just going through yeah, and just he was killing everything. It all. My bags were full. You guys were like, I don't know, a hundred feet ahead. Why aren't you up here, no one? I'm like, I'm, I'm s- gathering. I'm trying to figure what I'm going to throw away so I can <laughs> gather something. <laughs> you loot whore! Yeah, and it was cool that afterwards he actually stayed on with me at, for about another hour after. Oh, really? We signed off, and we went into Thousand Needles, and I got another flight plan area over there. And oh, that's cool. It was really cool. He showed me all these areas. He's so cool to play with. I really like playing with him. Yeah, he's a god. Yeah, I can't wait to get him into the Age of Conan guild so we can all... Uh, yeah, he's you know, apparently way into together. Age of Conan uh, from what he's posted drunkenly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Always a drunk poster, that canker. But So, yeah, I did that. I played some Age of Conan. Funny story. I... Um, had this idea for a main character, which was going to be a, a Tempest of Set, because that was the first one that I maxed out in the pre-play, or the uh, beta, or whatever. Then, <clears throat> I was just like, well, I need to create a few characters just to camp the names, you know, which everybody does, but probably doesn't admit to. So I made this one called Gankarella, just because that's always, like, my... I always have some chick who's, like, an assassin, or, well, a rogue, or an archer, or some kind, and... So I was like, I gotta make my Gankarella character. This was, like, pretty late at night. But I was not drunk, for the record. Just tired. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> I played... Sure you were. Uh, start playing her, and I'm, I'm like, wow, I'm really digging this character. You know, she's really fun. She was an assassin, and I'm playing her, and it's, like, pretty cool. And then the next night, I start to pick up where I left off and play her some more. And it's going well, and I'm like... You know, there's just a few things standing out in my mind as not right. <laughs> what was that? I couldn't s- seem to figure out how to stealth, right? And I was, like, already, like, level 8 or so. And I'm like, why don't I have, like, any kind of stealth ability if I'm an assassin? God, no. You know, I'm dual-wielding dual and all that stuff. Doing all my, my stuff. dual-wielding daggers? Swords. I, I like the swords. Um, well, that probably should have been your... <laughs> yeah, it might have might have been good. But uh, so I'm dual-wielding I'm dual my swords, and um, I'm cruising around, and... Can't seem to stealth, and now I have this new ability that's like some kind of like a aura thing. And I'm like, and you know, the music screeches to a halt. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> oh no. Why am I an assassin with auras that that can't stealth? <laughs> and so I look at the character description and I'm like, oh, I get it. I'm a conqueror, not an assassin. <laughs> I have no idea how that happened, and I have no idea why I didn't figure it out sooner. <laughs> Wow, that's an epic fail right there. Apparently, I'm a conqueror. <laughs> but this character is impervious to my normal smelting because I, for some reason, think she's really hot. And I, like, I don't think I could ever reproduce the features exactly right with all the sliders. <laughs> Something just came together that's magical for me. And I really like playing her. So I guess I'm going to be a conqueror <laughs> named Gankarella <laughs> on the... What server are we on? The Wiccan... Wiccana. 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 Because we're apparently Care Bears. Yeah, something. we had to pie out because our listenership voted for a PVE server. So, so anyway... Where is that listenership? Are they in our guild? If you see... Well, you know, I haven't seen it. Well, of course, I, I'm the guild leader now, so I haven't been able to 
but I haven't been playing. Are you that a much. Guild of One? Yeah, I am a Guild of One. So the Channel Massive Guild has been created. Um, if you are looking to join the guild, contact Morbidus. We'll have to maybe try, try to do this tonight, real quick. Maybe when when I get home, I'll I'll log on. I'll I'll get Mark into the guild, and we can. Yeah, it'd help that I could get more. I can give him uh, invitation powers, and and he can bring in some some new new players into the fold. But uh, that's pretty much my experience leveling up a assassin slash conqueror. I am the first <laughs> hybrid class yeah. player. Create you you created class. your new, your, a whole new class. Yeah, she's a conqueror who plays like an assassin, but can't sneak up on people and has auras. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, kind of cool. What about, what about, what about you, uh, other person who hasn't said anything, Noah? I have talked. I talked I about my talk. Wii experience. Oh, what about you, Jason? What I have you, talked. Oh, what about you, Mark? Oh, wait. Uh, we just. Uh, I guess. <laughs> I guess our circle is complete. The only person who's missing is Jim. Why you can't figure out what the hell <laughs> I class you're playing? I've lost all memory of everything. <laughs> I know. We know what Jim did this weekend. Extreme and, sports. And, and, he the, and the aftermath broken glass. of the, and <laughs> the broken glass and the party. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we got to see Iron Man. That was cool, too. That was, was cool. Not a game, but it was still fun. I really like the uh, virtual walk around before he goes flying for the first time. I think that's some cool CGI. Yeah, they, they did a really good job with that movie. Now it's time for the mailbag. Sing it, Jay. Mailbag. Oh, come on. That was uninspired. I haven't heard anything that sad since. I I just saw The Cure recently in concert, so I feel I I need to give my tribute to Robert Smith. This is my mailbag. Slit your wrist. It's the mailbag. Oh, I like it. Take a bottle of pills. And drown your sorrows. No, it's not that depressing. It's if you combined the cure, depressed mood, I mean Depeche Mode, <laughs> and Morrissey, then then you would have. It would be like the ultimate. The triumvirate of death and destruction. Yeah. It'd be cool. So, what do we hey, have we in the do mail? We appreciate bag? all the mail we have this yes, week. Yes, thank you, everybody. There's a plethora. We will get email. into that. And if, you, if, if you're already itching to write us before we've even gotten anywhere. You can email us at mail at channelmassive.com. M-A-I-L. You can also leave us a voicemail via Skype at channel.massive.skype. Or, if you're enterprising like the Nameless One, you can send us an audio recording of a traditional format. And we will interweave it, interleave it. And if you forget all these various points of contact, you can just go to www.channelmassive.com and look at the cool spam-proof graphic that's now up to figure out how to get in touch with us. <laughs> no more Viagra Also, check us. out our About Us page for really cool bios oh, yeah. and screenshots of or pictures of us. Yeah, you can see what we look like. If you wonder like. what we look like. All right, first off is from Scott. Scott says... I have to say, episode 41's critique of the blog venom being spewed over Age of Conan is spot on. I'm a web junkie when it comes to MMO info. I regularly read quite a few blogs, and most of my audio listening is in the form of podcasts on the same subject. It's refreshing to hear someone voicing what I have begun to see as well. Many of these so-called insiders have gotten a sense of entitlement just because they've written down their thoughts. Amen! Yeah, it is. It's it's totally true. I mean, it's true even now. A- after Age of Conan has had a pretty much, you know, decent release, I think. I mean, it hasn't had many problems, and there there are a few glaring issues that we'll get into a into our quick 
Age of Conan uh, launch segment here um, that, they, that they do have, but overall it's been a fairly decent launch. I mean, well, you, you have to consider it successful if they've had to add new servers. Yeah, and they have, as opposed to yeah, a they launch have to add new servers. Like, they had to add fine. like new PvP servers at the yeah. last second. Last That's time I good. remember that happening was Warcraft. I'm sure there's been other ones in between. Yes, actually, That's the yeah. last one that, that has happened that one. I know of. I mean, um, I would think we would all say Lotro was very successful in its launch, and it had yeah, so many yeah. users. Yeah. Online did have a good launch. But it did not, as I recall, have the, oh my god, we need more servers for our users. Right. So yeah. it's, I'd say this is like kind of a, I wouldn't call it a second coming, but it's it's a good sign for them. One of the best launches yet. Much better than their first launch of a product. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> which... We won't mention at this point. (laughs) Uh, Any other thoughts on Scott's comment? No. No, I mean, I think we already laid that all down in episode 41. Yeah, I'd say so. I I think, you know, we've we've as a a group tried to to be really careful and and diplomatic. diplomatic, But in our hearts, we're just full of angry... we're Angry. assholes. Yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> this suits us We're better. Full of rage. <laughs> Might as well just be humble. Might as well just be, <laughs> be If it looks like a duck, it quacks like a duck, probably duck. It's a duck. <laughs> <laughs> from Robert, aka Die Hard from WoW. Die Hard! I, I've given Die Hard like probably two, three hundred gold off a contest that I've ran in the guild. So I, I know him well. What kind of contests? Is it? Can you, can you say <laughs> well, that Jason rocks uh, in a very good yeah, way? Yeah, pretty much. That that's all that I require. My my contests aren't aren't that hard. Jason is the best co-host of Channel Massive. Yeah, essentially, it just it just it boils down to a lot of ass kissing and and that kind of thing. You go, Robert. <laughs> Robert says, "I'm still getting used to putting a name to a voice. I'm sorry if you find this request annoying." Which we do. Not at all. <laughs> but could you guys please introduce yourselves and your characters' names when you do your What We've Been Playing segment? That way some of us will realize who is who when we play WoW with you. I've been with some of you guys in instances but could not figure out who is who. Zulin's voice I'm recognizing now, and I know him to be our guild leader in WoW, but I'm lost in the rest of the crew. Well, you you won't know who Jim is because Jim doesn't play World of Warcraft. That's right. He plays City of Heroes. And now he plays Conan. He's going to be mm-hmm. playing Conan. Which is good. Hopefully he'll be playing Conan after his his kickball injury. That was... It. We will refer to it as an extreme sports Yeah, that's right. It's Incident. Extreme sport. Incident. <laughs> so, Jason, what characters do you play on WoW? And uh, my main is Gothic, which is the probably the higher level rogue that's in the guild now. Of course, that's probably going to drop off soon because the way other guildmates play, play their tunes, they'll be... Way past me by the time I come back to World of Warcraft, if ever. And uh, my bank alt, my auction house whore is Morbidus, um, who is a orc warlock who I just basically stash away in Ogrimmar. In the Ogrimmar auction house, scanning for auctions, <laughs> getting taking people's money, that kind of thing. In Age of Conan, do you have any? Um, in Age of Conan, yeah, my main is Morbidus, who's going to be a... Uh, he's a herald of... Of Zotli. I'm glad you're consistent with your naming. It makes it easier for all of us. Yes, it does. See, I, I, I try to maintain the same character names, you know, between games. Which is something that Mark does as well. Mm-hmm. As you, you were saying to. earlier, mm-hmm. you play as... Mm-hmm. 
Oh, I was just being difficult on purpose. Sorry. Um, yes. <laughs> He's being passive-aggressive because we didn't play his game in the yes, intro. Yes, he is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so on uh, World of Warcraft, yeah, I'm the Zulin dude. And I'm, uh, X-U-L-I-N. X-U-L-I-N, which is a, what is it, palindrome? Is that the word for Linux? Yeah. yeah I'm that. Nice. And, uh, yeah. And then I also play, um, yeah, I like Linux, and my hat has a propeller that spins. And also, uh, I play, uh, um, Vexen, who's the guild leader of the Channel Massive Guild, only because that's my bank whore who has all the money. And she's very controlling with her money. She gives none (laughs) of it to Zulin. Like, he sends her all this stuff, but she doesn't give anything back. She's this a criticism. Take, take, take. She's like, you were out awfully late, Zulin. I think they're like maybe married. I don't know. It's it's really weird. You know, I haven't been sleeping well, and I'm starting okay, to wonder Mark. if I'm becoming like that dude in Fight Club or something like that. <laughs> because, like, I don't know. There's different little organizations that keep calling me and stuff. But uh, anyway, I digress. And then, anyway, in Age of Conan, uh, I am currently playing the assassin slash... Conqueror hybrid <laughs> known as Gankerella. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, and that's my nice. only character that I've really been playing. I, don't, I haven't gotten sophisticated enough to even figure out how to do the bank alt thing. <laughs> Better just focus on remembering what class you're creating. And even if I did, the bank doesn't work, nor does mail. So what the heck? Yeah, yeah we'll have to get into <laughs> One that One step too. at a time. And then who do you play on that game that does the stuff with the thing? In World of Warcraft. World, World, of War- Warcraft? World of Warcraft? World of Warcraft. World of Warcraft. It's a coffee clutch. <laughs> In World of Warcraft, I play Corden, who is a blood elf He's warlock. He's level 27 or 28, somewhere around there. And... I haven't installed Age of Conan yet. I'm waiting for my hard drive upgrade upgra- really? to come in the mail. But when I do create a character, which will undoubtedly have a new name, I'll let you know. I'm still trying to decide if I'm going to play primarily as an assassin, a real assassin, <laughs> not the hybrid. <laughs> I'm going to just stay true. Not Mark pseudo assassin. <laughs> Either an assassin, a bear shaman, or a barbarian. But I heard bad things about barbarian from Jason. Not not positive vibes coming from there. So. Well, I don't know. I just I guess I just don't get the class. Now, is this a real barbarian or a hybrid barbarian? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe I didn't really roll a barbarian. Maybe I rolled a maybe I rolled a tempest of set thinking that was supposed to be a barbarian. And that's why I'm having problems. <laughs> that could, ha- that could happen when you to try about. to dual wield and all that happens is sparks fly out. Anyway, Robert, that that is who we are. Yeah, next um, I just wanted to clears up. Let me finish my thought. Oh, For the love of God. God. <laughs> I didn't know you had another character. Sorry. No, I just wanted to say from no, my previous statement that if since you guys since the rest of you have probably been playing, if you have any input on who you would recommend as as a, what type of class you would recommend, please let me know at mail at channelmassive.com. I L and I would love to hear what you think. Now I'm done. All right, you're now officially free to move on to the next part. From Dan. Dan asks us, he's he's a new listener, so we've got some topics we've spoken about before, but he wants to know, have you tried Hellgate London? I started playing it a few months ago. I heard it had a terrible launch, but I found it to be pretty stable. The graphics are amazing, but there are repetitive levels and too much of a horror ambiance. I'd rather Bill Roper was brave enough to just make a game in a light fantasy setting. It would be cool if a game came out that was a mix of the best features of WoW and Hellgate. I tried Guild Wars just a couple weeks ago and only played it for a couple days. I'm not even sure what I don't like about it. The best thing about Guild Wars is its business model. 
I'd like to see Bill Roper make a new RPG that uses the Guild Wars business model and Hellgate's engine, but with gameplay in a light fantasy setting, random quests, and a physics engine thrown in. That would be an ultimate, semi-massive, multiplayer online RPG. Damn, Dan. I, I don't really know what you want here. You want, like, a crazy Guild Wars, World of Warcraft, Hellgate hybrid MMO, maybe? I, I don't know. Um, I guess I... I don't know. I don't know that I even really like that all that much. Uh, I haven't tried either either one of these games, so I really can't comment on Hellgate or Guild Wars all too much. I know Mark was there at the initial launch for Hellgate. You even subscribed. Even subscribed I was to a it premier a subscriber who <laughs> abandoned it. The very first. I abandoned it like a redheaded stepchild after Let Me Down. Uh, you tried it, hard though. You tried to convince us for weeks that it was worth playing. I tried. I think I tried to keep the faith. I think I might have roped Kanker into it or somebody. I don't remember, but it was it has its it well Hellgate the 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 play of um, Guild Wars and Hellgate are similar in the instancing. The difference would be Guild right. Wars has better, I think, a better story and a better commitment to that story, to to you know really fleshing it out, yeah, and continuing it with the, all of their expansions. Obviously, yeah. Um, and I'm kind of with you. It's like there's something about Guild Wars that never makes me play it. Like I respect it. Just like I ex- I respect uh, Request Two quite a bit, but to actually spend the time to play it, does it consume my thoughts when I'm not playing? You know, when I'm working and I'm like, ah oh, man, I can't wait to get off work and go home and you know, not not play Guild Wars or EverQuest Two. <laughs> yeah, you well, know that's kind of the experience I had with EverQuest Two. Honestly, I, I it was one of those games where I really I liked what they did with it. I liked how they handled their expansions. Yep. Um, I thought it played really well. I just could never fully lose myself in it. No, I have that same problem. And so, I don't understand why um, Bill Zug Zug Roper isn't <laughs> isn't a little bit more out on a limb. The guy's incredibly talented, and he's got this just pedigree of, you know, sheer brilliance. And I think, you know, I, I, I'm not sure what they were doing with Hellgate, because I think they missed the mark there. As a as a diehard Diablo fan, you know, it was supposed to be kind of a spiritual successor. And we've seen spiritual successors go, you know, yeah, over what, and not go over. Yeah, that's what System the, Shock uh, to Bio Bioshock kind of supposed to be when when that finally gets all Oh yeah, yeah. Down and released. You know, myth, Mythos Mythos was the test bed for Hellgate London and, and is more appealing to me than Hellgate London. It's 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 much closer to what you're talking about. In fact, it's a lighthearted fantasy romp, you know. Um, fantasy romp. <laughs> I like that. I think. Are I, we gonna have another porn review today? No, yeah. no, we won't. Oh, damn it! From the Extreme Sports Network. It's. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, get get thoughts there, Dan, and uh, keep keep them coming. We like we like what you have to say. We have another new email from a new writer, Eric. He says, We're spending energy worrying about what may corrupt our nation's youth, but we don't question their ability to obtain guns. If our youth did not have access to guns, they could watch Ass Blasters 13 or play GTA 4. It wouldn't matter because the capability to get guns would be gone. 
negligent parents could stop worrying about my child and my parenting technique and then maybe, just maybe, focus on their own children. Children will always find a way to obtain that next video game. I snuck into the theaters to see R-rated movies. I stole my dad's porn and hid it under my bed. I never got into my dad's gun cabinet as it had two locks. One was a combination and the other a key kept on a chain around his neck. Gun control is 100 times the issue that video games are. It's time people stopped ragging on us and focusing on the real issues of this country. Well, I'm not going to get too political about this because, you know, I, I just don't... You know, the right to bear arms has always been, you know, something that's been a part of this country, and I'm not, you know, totally against that. Um, but I do see the problems with, you know, gun control, or the lack thereof. Uh, you know, as far as video, the the point about, you know, the kids being able to go out and get video games, and they're they're going to do it regardless of whether or not there's restrictions put into place. You know, I think that's totally true. You know, I, I'm there would be nothing to stop me from you know if I was a kid and I wanted to play Jaconan, and yeah, I'm I'm gonna go find a way to buy that game and I'm gonna lie about my age and and all that just so I can play that game. Uh, you know, same thing. You know, if with Grand Theft Auto 4, you know, if if I wanted to go into a store and purchase it, I and there was some kind of restriction in place saying no, you know, we're not gonna sell. Grand Theft Auto 4 to kids who are, you know, 12 and under, I'd find a way to get that game. <laughs> uh, you know, I'd find a way around it. I think what Eric's getting at is he's talking about his frustration with politics and government and even the media to an extent, referencing back a previous episode where we looked at Fox News' reaction to Mass Effect's vi- horrible sex scenes yeah, but huh. just their misinterpretation of video games and, and by extension any type of violent crime being committed by a child is inevitably linked back to video games and media folk and politicians immediately want to jump on that bandwagon well yeah I mean it's a great way to get attention and I've talked about this before it's just you know it's a weird dichotomy that America has between sex and violence and they, you know, they're all about the, you know, okay, violence, yeah, sure, it's great. But if it has anything to do with sex, oh my god. It's just like this forum post from our last episode where that guy wanted to have a, a, a nudity-free toggle. Yeah, but he was okay with chopping people's heads off. In, yeah. <laughs> Mark? Um, well, the ability for kids to get guns, so... They can't go to a gun store and buy the guns. The only way to get them for a kid is to have parents with lax, um, you know, systems for keeping them out of their reach, basically. Yeah. His example, um, Eric's example of his, um, <laughs> well, the dad didn't lock down the porn very well. It sounds like he did a great job on keeping the gun cabinet safe, which, you know, I had a similar experience as a kid. My parents <laughs> had not the so much. My dad... If my dad had a porn collection, my mom would have kicked his ass. <laughs> so either that thing was like off-site somewhere or it was built into some kind of secret bunker that could withstand nuclear assault and or my mom's rage. But they did have a lot of guns, and they had them really well locked up. And the other part of that is like education. You know, when I was a kid, I mean, I, I, I've had a lot of experience with guns and firearms as a kid, probably more than most. And so I learned right away <laughs> that... that 
that they're very destructive and you could die if you screw with them. You know, I learned to shoot a gun relatively young and was out at gun ranges and stuff. And I had a just a big respect for them as growing up as a kid. And my parents had all their crap locked up. And, you know, I guess, I don't know, it was out of my system, you know. I mean, I never obsessed over the need to... I didn't even have a BB gun, but I had, you know, I had a 38. You didn't get the <laughs> Red Ryder carbon-action BB gun? No, I didn't. You'll shoot your eye I was, my friends had, my friends out. had BB guns and pellet guns, and I'm like, yeah, that's cool, you know, I, I got a Magnum that I can take out to the gun range, so, you know, I, or I whatever, got I got gun. an M1 carbine I can snipe things I've with. Got this. I got I, you know, I, I think it's just about, it's it's combination of, you know, parents need to keep the stuff locked up. They need to educate their kids on how dangerous it is and destructive it is, you know. All these different courses they have for um, hunter safety and stuff like that I think is good. The worst thing you can possibly do is make, is, is as, a, as a parent, I think, is to like over, what's the word for it, where you make... Where you make the gun sound like this really cool thing that's dangerous, and then you don't take you know precautions to keep it out of their reach. You know, I think I think that's like a big thing as far as the whole other topic that we're always coming back to, which is where some politician jumps on the coattails of the latest. You know, a kid was shot somewhere. Well. Oh my god, this kid has video games. Well, what kid doesn't have a video game <laughs> that probably has some kind of violence or shooting or well, something? if they played lawyer games in the DS, it'd be different. If they played <laughs> Noah's boring-ass <laughs> DS real-life games... They wouldn't need it. Oh my god, my kid litigated another kid and now he's in the poorhouse. It's terrible. That's sweet, that's what my kids are going to do. They're going <laughs> to yeah. litigate everybody. That's right. They're going to they're gonna come in in their little three-piece suits Bad and yes. litigate three. with, their, with their mullets and litigate. It's going to be sweet. And litigate. I'm going to litigate you into the dark ages, motherfucker. <laughs> Check out this. I got a class two court injunction that says your name right on it. And then we'll have a whole different problem on our hands. Yeah. Think of that, Eric. That's the real horror. What if our nation's youth switches over to law as their way of acting out against their parents? <laughs> Holy crap! I think we need a new amendment. Then it's all over right away. Let's 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 get a hold of that great lawyer guy. What's his name? Thompson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. He's uh, get him before he loses his license. Actually, before I think he's, he's going to be losing his license soon. <laughs> anyway, Eric, thank you for the email. Thank you to everybody. And we've also got an audio submission from the Nameless One. The Nameless One. Nameless One will now submit. All right, these little bitches... Oh, I'm sorry. These developers who are complaining about Blizzard ruining the MMO market need to knock it off. It's nothing more than penis envy. They're pissed off because they can't compete directly with Blizzard. They want to do the whole Dwarves and Elves, Swords of Magic deal, but Blizzard has already done that. If anything, they should be sucking the mighty schlong of Blizzard and thanking them for opening the MMO market up to over 12 million potential subscribers now, instead of back in the heyday of EverQuest and Dark Age of Camelot when it was just around 500,000. What devs need to realize is that they will not win if they decide to go against WoW. They need to get away from the fat-bearded men screaming lightning bolt and going into a different direction. Amen, brother. Suppose... Suppose the thing that's most annoying is perhaps the people that call World of Warcraft a complete and total failure all the time. Meanwhile, proclaiming their game that's still in development, which will inevitably include every feature of World of Warcraft, but have some crazy new business model like microtransaction hybrid with... I don't know. 
new with dragons. With dragons. With card battle. <laughs> with, a, with card battle. With integrated card game slash IRS. With uh, a wireless peripheral. Oh yeah, that'd be good. And it also will. Uh, you can also use the program to pay to handle your income tax return. <laughs> but only if you progress through the massive dungeon that lies beneath the the relatively cool exterior of the game. In gaming. Wait, flashing light. Oh, there we go. I'm blinded now. <laughs> I have this flashlight made out of LEDs that's brighter than the sun. Like 30 LEDs. Watch, I will turn it on for the listeners. Looks like the, the leprechaun now. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's pretty impressive. Anyway, uh, this week, of course, Age of Conan was released to an unsuspecting public and... Uh, the collector's edition completely sold out, uh, which of course can only mean uh, good things for Funcom. Uh, and you know, sell total point print run it stood at one hundred and eleven, yeah, one hundred eleven thousand units for the collector's edition. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. So that's pretty impressive. Um, I, I guess they're shipping around seven hundred thousand initial copies total of Age of Conan on day one, and who knows where it's going to go from there. I mean, I guess that's, you know, I don't know, you know, how quickly they're going to be able to distribute more copies out. I'm, I'm assuming with that kind of pre-order run, you know, they're going to be able to, you know, start pumping out more yeah. very quickly, and hopefully more people will be able to come into the Age of Conan fold We'll know they've exploded if we see, like, digital download on the website, you know? Oh, yeah. Where, like, they can't keep up with the demand to print the thing. If they hit that level, and they're golden. You know, of course, they've got to be really happy about all this, but, of course, it doesn't come without some kind of lame news where, you know, they didn't release with the DirectX 10 version. Yeah, but only Vista losers would be able to see that anyway. That's Noah. true. <laughs> I know you're jealous. No, I am not jealous of. I will get DirectX 10, and you will. But apparently, be uh, the DirectX 10 version is going to be premiered at the German Games Convention in Leipzig. I'm just disappointed Germany. because they made such a they made a bit of fuss about DirectX 10 and how much better it was going to be, and this is something they really. They, they very smartly put under the radar and waited until the game came out before they really said anything about it. I'm sure we could have figured this out on our own before the release date. But I had gone into this release expecting that the DX10 version was going to be part of it because they... A lot of people did. ...did these screen comparisons. GameSpot had this great article where that Mark and I poured over a year or two ago saying, wow, look at the difference yeah, in it's the graphics. It, it, was, it genuinely was impressive because at first I was... I was on the Windows Vista burn wagon with Mark saying that, you know, it was lame and stupid and who would want Vista. Then he fell from grace. And then I saw the DirectX 10 comparison of Age of Conan. I'm like, wow, this actually is a compelling argument to justify having DirectX 10. And then I was like, why is DirectX 10 only in Vista? I'm like, that's stupid. It is stupid. But, you know, 
here marketers. We are over a year later, and I, I have Vista and DirectX 10, and no game to harness it yet. Well, apparently they're claiming it's going to be premiering at this uh, convention. Uh, that convention is August 20th through the 24th. Yeah, but does that mean that? What does I that mean doubt people? that that means that the actual DirectX DirectX 10 version of the game is going to be out by then. I, I honestly, well, what I'm saying is, like, if it is out, what happens if you've already purchased it, or you can download a patch? Well, or no, something no, or? I'm sure that they've already. I, I think it's just probably something that they can integrate in fairly easily. I would yeah. hope. Hey, maybe there's a DX10 ball. Just <laughs> uh, so you can harness the full power of Vista yeah. and DX10 combined. I don't get it. Anyway, b- oh, besides all that, some cheesy breakout game for DirectX. Oh, called DX Ball. Sorry. Besides all that, um, overall, the <laughs> I think the launch for Age of Conan went fairly smooth. Yeah, I mean, compared to Anarchy Online, it was <laughs> compared to Anarchy Online. No, most definitely compared to most MMOs that come out. I expected there to be more problems with the issues that they had with the... And honestly, you know, the, the client was playing. slimmer. The, yeah, the performance has been incredible. Reading reading various bloggers who are all bipolar, uh, you could assume <laughs> that there was an improvement because it was like the up-to-hour update with all those patches and server restarts they went through. Everybody was like... Oh, it's barely running on my 7900, and then like two hours later, it's like, wow, my frame rate has doubled, and then two hours later, wow, my frame rate has doubled again. So, as they went from overly bloated, super full diagnostics mode to, oh, this is a production launch. Launch mode, yeah. It's uh, it total, seemed to totally get running smooth for me. I think the only time I had a problem was kind of at, there was a problem where at the end without spoiling it too much at the end of your nighttime missions the the tortage night single player mission you get to this point where there's like just tons of stuff going on on the screen there's like massive fighting going on in tortage and i did experience some slowdown during that that portion of it of course i was running everything at max settings at the time and so it was like it's it came a little choppy for me, but it wasn't so horrible that I couldn't do anything. It was just you can notice the slowdown a little bit, and uh, you know. But other than that, I mean, the, the the performance has been great. I haven't encountered many bugs. Um, the the one major issue that they've been having is the the trading posts have been down, and the trading posts are a huge thing because the trading post acts as the mail service, the auction house service and it also acts as the um, bank service. Isn't this like incredibly reminiscent of the WoW launch where like the basic game worked but the basic game worked but like things like that involved like a ton of database. Yeah. And and to this day World of Warcraft still has database issues as far as their auction house goes. Yep. And just general item you know stuff is you know just that kind of thing it always blows up on World of Warcraft. I don't know how many times I've had database lag on World of Warcraft. It's it's been actually it's been pretty bad lately with this last patch. Um, but you know, again, this is going to be one of those major things that I think Funcom is going to have to address this first and foremost. You know, if they don't, then it's, there's, it's going to be a major problem in my opinion. Well, I'm sure it's because big on they, their list. That, that, those kind of things. 
are part of the economy and without a stable economy in a game, you know, such as Tabula Rasa, Tabula Rasa, you know, Tabula Rasa, I don't think that they still have a decent economy there because none of their stuff in initially it was it was all bind on it wasn't bind on equip it was everything was just an item yeah so you had like all this crap on the auction house that nobody needed or wanted and so there nobody was buying anything well i was all pissed off at ag conan the other night because it was after one of the performance improving patches and I started to play with my hybrid assassin conqueror. <laughs> I'm and still I, laughing at that. I can't believe it. I can't. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna work that one. But uh, I was playing, and it got really slow and clunky. My hard drive was just sounded like it was going crazy, and I'm like, "What is going on?" I got the RAM, I got the video card, I got the dual core thing. Mm-hmm. What the hell could be the problem? It wasn't Age of Conan's fault, I must say. It was my damn McAfee antivirus had decided Ooh. that the wee hours of the night was the perfect time to do the full hard drive scan. <laughs> Which actually I it is, that happens. If, you, if you think about it, it. And I was like, wow, well, given that it's doing that, Age of Conan's not doing too bad. <laughs> so even that was like kind of a reassuring moment for me. That's but, pretty cool. Yeah, I think if they can just, you know, focus on, you know, getting through... The getting, getting, making sure that all this stuff so we can have an economy is working, you know, and they can keep up with the the people actually playing the game, which sounds like the numbers are a little higher than perhaps was anticipated, at least certainly for the pre order. Uh, you know, they're in pretty good shape. Yeah, it yeah. sounds like guilds have already started to build guild cities and stuff like that. So, and- I mean, I hate to... I mean, I, we're trying to cover the week in gaming, but this, to me, brings up a bigger question, and maybe this is a good time to, to broach it. Broach, well, broach that question. Broach away. AAA MMO titles, as far as I'm concerned, and I'm skipping Tabula Raza, were Lotro and Age of Conan. Right. I mean, the ones where the hypometer was off the scale and where they didn't do a shitty-ass beta uh, that, you know... Well, really, I don't know. According to a lot of people, Age of Conan had a shitty-ass beta. Yeah, I suppose, but those people don't matter to me. But anyway, <laughs> they're dead to you. So the last two really, but but really seriously, the two the two marquee AAA titles that actually had an IP right are Lotro and Age of Conan. Both have launched, and we don't know the exact numbers of Age of Conan, but you could extrapolate from the data that it's a pretty big amount of subscribers. Yeah, uh, you know, right off the bat, definitely the pre-orders they they overdid that. There's people you know signing up, buying the buying the game. And we know that um, Lotro was very large in its launch, and, and it was in the millions, right? So, does this mean something? Does this mean that World of Warcraft maybe didn't destroy PC gaming and hasn't ruined the MMO, uh, you know, landscape, but actually no, has Mark. expanded? No, has brought in a whole bunch of new no, players and not users. At all. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? The, They're the, all the, the PC ones. gaming landscape and the the MMO landscape in general is, is a bleak, dire wasteland of dire nothing, wasteland but, of nothing but, but crap but and pestilence. But don't you do you see where I'm going? Yeah. I mean, it, it would appear to me that WoW, for all of its good and bad points, maybe has broadened an audience uh, significantly. Taken taken MMO gaming from hundred to 200,000 subscriber numbers into millions mm-hmm. and and raised you know the level of awareness 
you know, I'm just saying that because these numbers for Age of Conan and Lotro are... If, if there had been no WoW, these would be insane. These would be heralded as, like, you know, genre, just, you know, bending numbers. And, and after WoW, they're not that, you know, significant. But, like, a tenth of a tenth of 10 or 12 million is about what we're talking about with Lotro and then with Age of Conan, mm-hmm. maybe. I don't know. I just find it interesting. I think they... I think it's... Uh, I think it's a whole new it's a whole new world for that type of game. No, I think it's nothing but bad. Bad. And your name would be <laughs> I don't know. Call out a blogger. Come on. You got <laughs> we know. do it every podcast. Well, you could name so many of them who Yeah, that's right. It's that just stance. a big bus full of them. Okay. Uh next topic. Take us out, Thundercakes. <laughs> I pulled that one out of the past. <laughs> Do you have a name? I can't remember. No, I never got a nickname. It's been was a beautiful thing. Nickname. Oh, it was, it was Jason. He was you, like Lamb Chop, I you, think. Yeah. So, as things typically work out, Noah gave Jason a very annoying nickname. And so I retaliated on Jason's behalf because he's... Such a pacifist, as we all know. Yes. What's Such what, a gentle soul. What, and when he's not fighting in the UFC, yeah, <laughs> I, I went ahead and gave um, Noah a sufficiently annoying nickname, Which but I somehow I managed to avoid a nickname altogether. Well, we'll have to work on that. Uh, yeah, you guys might want to form a think tank. How Listeners. about Blizzard fanboy? You've tried that. <laughs> but see, I like admit to that wholeheartedly. Because they are the greatest game developer company ever, so... Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Speaking of Blizzard, or oh, Blizzard, oh, 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 that's what we're Rack-tard, doing. Rack-tard. <laughs> or as Kanker would say, Hunt-tard. When the new cloth to- in Rithrind is called Frostweave. Oh, yes! sweet! Yes. I'm so glad that they no more added weave. something to weave at the Try end to, weave. to create a whole yeah. new cloth. Type. Well, and that's what I'm. Bu- that's why I'm going to buy Wrath of the Lich King is because of that particular. I'm surprised feature. it's not Wrath Weave, <laughs> or, or or Lich Weave, Lich Weave, <laughs> Lich Weave, <laughs> or W O T L K Weave, Walk Walk Weave, or, or is that or is Lich Weave going to be like the new hairstyle that they're going to add? <laughs> that might be. That, with those new hairstyles, yeah. What was the name of the main Lich dude from Warcraft Three? Arthas? No, no the the guy that, that seduced him into the undead. He was he was a lich. Oh, the lich! God, you, uh, you know I always recognize his name when I see it in writing. But I'm go sure to the boys a, at the Instance podcast for that kind of information. He had a he had a lich weave, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure he did have a funky hairdo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the other more important elements of the Ratchet of the Lith King expansion, that's what we want to talk about this time, since we didn't get the time to last week yes. in our 
episode 42. So we weren't unaware of it. We had it on our agenda, but unfortunately we ran out of time. So we're going to take your time this time. To talk what, are, what are the key features of the... Well, of course there's the death nugget. The death nugget? Yeah. What's a death nugget? Uh, the death nugget is the pseudo-epic class that Blizzard has decided to introduce <laughs> to this game. <laughs> death nugget? I just realized what he was calling it. The death nugget. Yeah, the death nugget. I'm, I'm, um, Jason, <clears throat> we call those knights. Oh, right. <laughs> that's, that's funny that you were mentioning the instance because Scott Johnson was referring to ogres as orgs in the last episode. <laughs> and they were like, what? Are you saying again? And he goes, you know, the orgs, those orgs, they're all over the place. They're all, you know, they're in... They're green. They're, they're, they're everywhere. The big fat guys. And they're like, those are called ogres. Uh, he was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Anywho, the death nugget. Uh, which is basically... <laughs> like death nugget. <laughs> yeah, nugget's he, even funnier. He's Carmelo Anthony. Trying to be like a epic class, but I think it's just a pseudo-epic class where they they want to call it an epic class, but it's really not. Do you want me to marketize it? Yeah, marketize it for me. You see what it is? It's an epic class because it has an epic backstory, an epic history, if you will, an epic... Mm, some big word in French, I don't know. But... But really, je ne sais quoi. A certain, it has a, it does have a certain je ne sais quoi. <laughs> but uh, you know, the French have no word for entrepreneur. But anyway, um, <laughs> the, the, Are you sure that's not French and <laughs> <laughs> But no, but the point is, the the class is just another class. It's the tenth class, right? I mean, it's well, I wouldn't call it that. It's if you have to get to level fifty five to get it. Yeah, but it. Doesn't, it's call equal. It epic, it's not a full fetch class. It couldn't epic, break the it's game. Equal. It could not break the game. It's no more powerful However, than anything only, else. Well, if it's not more powerful than anything else, why can you only have one per realm? Because it's epic. Per server. It's <laughs> epic. Like, epic. Oh my god! It's epic. Epics. It's epic. It's, <laughs> it's full of epics. It's a joke. It's. I think it's just. That's a, not a joke. It's gonna be fucking fun to play. To be able to raise corpses, and I guess you can reanimate your fallen compatriots. Yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of funny things about it. Death Knights can dual wield. Oh, boy. Or they can have a big two-hander. They Soaking can have a rogues. big... Well, they can tank with a two-hander. Hunters. Rogues can't tank. Man. No, your rogue can't tank, Jay. I'm sorry. Battle rouges. Battle rouges. Bat- my battle rouge. <laughs> Baton rouge. The rouge. Uh, so Jason's not feeling the love for the. Not really. Man. I just i I think the whole epic cl- class structure is is a joke. I, I think they should have done it a little bit better. I think they should have waited to release eight separate different kinds of epic classes that would have all been truly epic. Like tied into w- w- Wow. Or, I don't know, well, to tra- tight into Warcraft 3, maybe like a sharpshooter. Well, you like know, maybe something sharp like shooter, that. I mean, they uh, could have done it. Like a hero uh, class, uh, A voodoo yeah. priest. Uh, they could have uh, made it like a hero type Yeah, class. exactly. Like the um, the demon hunter. The warden. The warden. Yeah, dude. They totally. Could made, they could have totally. made each class have like even separate, even totally different trees. And, you, and, and that would be the really cool part would be... Like, there wasn't... It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to lose my mage to become the archmage. No, your it's mage like, can become... It's like, that's the logical evolution of your mage. You, you've you reached level 80. Congratulations. In this next expansion, your mage can now become 
either an archmage or a whatever, or you know, like you, a wizard or, yeah, or something or some different. Yeah, other like, something. Been, they could have picked like maybe three different classes, so, like subclasses. Yeah, you know, and then, to, and then the whole balance thing wouldn't be a big issue because it'd be like, yes, after level eighty, you're an epic whatever. They're all out overpowered and they're epic. They truly are. That's when you really would realize the epicness, or you know, the the coolness of it all. Epicacity. The epicacity. But <laughs> you know, instead, instead, they let they've all made... fifty-five players create a death knight, and now you're going to have like everybody and their grandma creating a death knight when <laughs> Man, Rage King is gnome released. Gnome death knight. Torin gnome death tor- knight. What is a Torin death knight? Can you imagine how gross Kanker's going to look with the Torin? Yeah, I know he's going to like look death like this knight. total evil female death cow from halter hell. top with like <laughs> crows orbiting him or something. <laughs> That's something that I'm not prepared to see, really. I'm not even prepared to see him as a warrior, but uh, you throw the Death Knight in, and you throw in, like, too much tequila, and it could be really bad. Yeah. Just just saying. Potent combination. The other big update of Wrath of the Lich King is that the raids are being scaled down in their requirements so that more people can get to experience the high-level content. Well, Jason predicted it. Yeah, and, you know, this is a smart move. totally smart move by Blizzard. They... They're getting it now. It's they're they're trying to become the king of casual. Oh, they're MMO they're there, and well, they're they're just taking it to the next level. Um, instead of like the huge forty man instances, now they're going to do ten to twenty five, and the only difference is going to be the level of gear that drops. So that basically means that your average Joe is going to be able to see a lot of the content that he's never been able to run through before, which is. Like what Which we've said great. from the beginning, it's Which is like what we said should have happened right from the start. When 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 three one to three percent of your user base sees, you know, at least over ninety percent of the content, there's a problem. But what level do you are you at before you even start doing raids? Well, in the old days, it was like you know sixty level sixty. Yeah. See, and that's my thing is that we have a couple other things. I'll just touch on them real quick. You Let us get, feel your wrath. There's, there's flying the mount the Lich combat. You can get into machines and other things, and you can do some Warcraft, World of Warcraft style combat, which I'm sure is not going to be like Crimson Skies. It will Crimson not be X Wing. Yeah, or Wing Commander. It does look cool. You get your own because the goblin. You get your own action bar really for sweet. it, and you you know that's going to be pretty. And cool. you can also play school bus and have people hop on certain types of mounts if you have one so you can yeah you can be like a taxi for your for your lower level friends if you want to be but that should be good for all the immigrants to the country (laughs) and also the 7-eleven franchise option that they've added in wrath of the lich king should be good as well thank you come again would you like it squishy oh sorry so (laughs) excuse me the thing the thing the way that i'm looking at this is that Northrin looks beautiful. They've done a great, des- artistic a great job, beauty. as always, with artistic design, with graphic design. I think Arthas's character is awesome. It's cool that they're bringing him in. I'm much more excited about him than even I was for Illidan. Damn it. And it's cool that they're adding a new high-level thing. But to me, most of this... I mean, you guys being seasoned, experienced players are seeing lots of things that make the game easier. But for me, when I read through this, this is lots of things that make the game easier for when you get up to level 50 plus, mm-hmm. which for me, I I don't even know if I'm ever going to get that high. I don't 
There's going to be playing Age of Conan. You won't. Well, exactly. There's always going to be some other MMO that comes out. I'll probably be more interested in playing that, and I'll just be or your, channel hopping or your um, indefinitely your DS. You know, tedium game habit. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and you know, I I just this is not an expansion so far. Now, granted, there could be a lot of things announced. There could be a lot of delays that happen. This could be something very different when it hits retail store shelves. But right now, there's nothing in here that makes me say, yeah, I want to drop 50 bucks on this and add it to my Warcraft word. I, I could care less about the city that got moved over to be the new capital oh, city. Oh, dude, and, that's like the coolest thing. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, I, well, who I'll really probably just do Death Knight. Who knows if I'm going to do a raid? Who knows when this is going to come out, even? I mean, knowing well, Blizzard's track record as far as release dates go. You know, other podcasts will go through and list all the details of this thing, which that's great that they're there. So we'll talk about maybe some of the things that stick out for us. Like you've said, Noah, yeah. uh, the cat, you're the ultra-casual MMO player, and for you it's like, <laughs> man, this is something kind of well, you know, well, off my radar. Burning Crusade was really exciting because new, there was stuff race, that was starters, genuinely so. ex- yeah. accessible to people who are new to the game, like yeah. me. There's, there's new races, and you know with World of Warcraft that the stuff at the beginning and the stuff at the end is the most unique and most original, most tailored to your character, especially at the start, you're getting purely unique content based off of your race. Right. Whereas once you pass level 23, 25 or whatever, you get into the universal zone where granted there's tons and tons of content, but it's pretty much the same thing, whether you're Horde or whether you're Alliance, you're going through some of the same quests, obtaining some of the same objectives. And, you know, for me, that'll be cool the first time through. I don't know how you guys have done this for years with multiple alts, and then seeing this, Wrath of the Lich King, there's there's a lot of cool stuff, but so far, nothing that's selling the game for me. There was a really decent blog post about the whole mid-game content issues. Um, this is done by MMORinsight.com. Um, he goes on to say that he supposes that some context is in order, seeing as World of Warcraft is an entire... His, it's, World of Warcraft has entirely dwarfed any other MMO, especially in the non-Asian markets, with around 10 million-plus subscribers. Blizzard is incredibly successful, and World of Warcraft has already turned massive process profits. Bleh, sorry, after three and a half years People on the who market. People can foretell the future. <laughs> yes, profits. Uh, however, I'm quite sure of one thing: if they've released as many expansions as EverQuest 2 has in the same fashion not just in-game content, it would likely have 2 to 3 million more people playing than they do now, which I think is maybe a little bit of a stretch. Uh, yeah. Uh, <clears> even <throat> with Ratchet of the Leech King, there is still no fresh <laughs> mid-level content. They've added a couple of new one to level 1 to level 20 areas with Burning Crusade, but what about the part of the games that many players by now dread, which is the mid-level content, the level 20 to level 60 areas? After level 30 or so, even the Alliance and Horde players are funneled through the same content. I, for one, have made six characters, and I have gotten to level 25 or higher, but only three of those have reached and will ever reach level 70 or higher unless the content is added for level 20 to level 60 characters. Don't get me wrong, I really want to spend more time with these characters, but I can't keep running through the same zones over and over again. That's something that EverQuest 2 has continuously added to their game along with many other improvements and additions. They've released four expansions already, with a fifth on the way. 
A much smaller percentage of their population is max level, so they need to focus on the lower and mid-level content, but the sheer volume of content they, they release is staggering. Granted, it's not all going to be as picture-perfect as what Blizzard does, um, but seriously, full, full, four full-blown expansions to one, that's tough to justify in my book. In any case, I can understand Blizzard wanting to focus more on the higher-level characters because that's where a lot of their players are, but not all of them are max level either. And I think that's a great point, and I've always ragged on this about World of Warcraft, where you know a lot of this mid-level content is either A, repetitive, or B, totally obsolete. I mean, there's no reason to go through some of, some of the mid-level content in World of Warcraft anymore, because they've totally just made it to where there's no point in even running it. There's like, there's instances and in dungeons that you really don't even want to mess with anymore. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's what the Burning Crusade did. I mean, it's really their, their own damn fault. Well, I think I've changed my tune <laughs> after complaining about it for a year and a half. <laughs> I think that I get what they're at after and I've, I mean I realize we realized this as a as a group a while back but you know WoW was never made for people who want outdoor content to be really the focus of the game you know the the typical grind through the mid level thing it was it was made by people who really enjoyed um, the in game and EverQuest yeah and they took that and they made it better. And in WoW's case, that's where they put a whole bunch of their development effort. Now, that's not to say that what WoW launched with as far as the mid-game content sucks or anything. It doesn't have a shortage of quest, which, quests, which we've seen. I mean, um, Jason and I played Asheron's Call 2, which had four quests, right? <laughs> I mean... Yeah, pretty much. I was, was, just, we were, I was just in a drunken haze the other night bitching to, to Jason about playing Asheron's Call 2... And how I did ice fire so oh, many times God, damn, the ice fire that it was I had it memorized to where I could almost play like Tetris on a different computer while doing ice fire <laughs> because it was just you could do so, more than that I, you could like play Tetris go to the bathroom oh yeah I could cook do, yourself dinner yeah cook dinner and run that and run that dungeon and make so sweet sweet times. love all while playing through <laughs> ice fire it was it was it was horrible and. The thing about World of Warcraft is, you know, and I think what, uh, I mean, I really like the guy's input, and obviously the guy, the guy's blog uh, is well-merited when he says, it sounds to me like he's got three level 70s and quite a few plus 25 alts, right? So he's not like a lightweight or anything like that. He's been through everything the game has to offer. At least he got to level 70. But obviously the focus of WoW is not mid-game content, or even early game content, I mean, they're totally geared towards the end game, and now with what everything we're reading about Wrath of Lich King, they're going to make that accessible. I mean, it's their goal to have everybody get funneled through, especially with the, the, the recent patch where they made the leveling curve totally different. You're funneled through this thing, and you end up in Outland, and you go through that, and then you're in, you're in the, the Wrath of Lich King content, and they want everybody to be raiding. I mean, that's, that is I think what that's they want. The problem, though, and, I mean, and, they and, don't. They're they they th- they think that that's what everybody wants. And, that's and, that's what they think. But part of the thing, the part of playing these games is the journey and how you get there. And it, it, they don't 
People don't want it to be the same experience every freaking single time to get there, you but know. That, people would like to have some kind of unique experience, you know, getting from level 1 to level 70. Not the same crap over and over and over and over again. But, but I think something that I've realized recently, especially with our guild nights, you know, we when we started doing our guild night, we... We quit trying to just level, and we started to just do instances. And since doing that, I realized that there's this whole part of the game that I never really did. You know, I always kind of skipped over the instances and just leveled, leveled, leveled. You know? I mean, I did go through the mid-game content, but it was always just leveling outside. You know, never doing the instances. And the instances are really fun, and and we haven't run into anything that's really been challenging because we have a, a... Powerful. We have we basically power through every instance we do. But except for Black Fathom Deeps. Except for that one. That was pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) Until the thing crashed. But um but you know, I mean basically I guess what I'm saying is there's a a whole new level of game in this game that we're not experiencing that they really designed it for. And that is the whole puzzle part of the the in game content. Where you go through and you have to figure... It's like a puzzle. You have to figure out exactly how to get through this thing. And and when you're max level, you can't bring in somebody that's higher level to just power through it. You have to figure out how you're going to defeat these encounters. And and that that's like a huge part of the game. And it's a part that we are not experiencing. And I think a lot of people that are commenting aren't really experiencing it. I mean, I, I guess that's just my, my, my whole point is that's what they designed it for. That's what that was their whole interest in the beginning. They the whole game is just a giant wrapper for the in-game um raid content, right? And what they're doing with the Wrath of Lich King, so in, they I just, believe they they just feel that they as long as they can make it easier for you to get there to get to that, that point. That's going to make everybody happy. I think they think that with the initial launch a certain percentage got it, but it was a small percentage with um with with why can't I think of the name of the damn Burning Crusade? Thank you so much. With Burning Crusade, Jack and Coke taking toll on Mark's head. <laughs> with, with um <laughs> with the Burning Crusade, I think a bigger percentage got it. But Blizzard had it wrong too in that they ha- remember the the remember the whole like uh the the whole thing we did about the easy button. That's what was like been going all the keys. Remember all the keys? Time. It was like. You have to go tower. through this elaborate diagram to get to where you need to be. And then they were like, ah, fuck it. And it's like, enter. easy button, enter. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to get keyed for anything. You don't have to have faction for this. I think what they're basically doing, and this is what Jason predicted, with Wrath of, the, Wrath of the Lich King, the whole thing is, we want everybody to be raiding. If they're not, if they're not like playing a level... Um, you know, 79 to 80 character, we failed. You know, I really think that's what their direction is. They just want everybody to breeze through that mid-level content, and they're never going to go back and revisit it. And the only way we're going to see any new low-level content is if they introduce new races and give them their own starter zones. Well, I think they're what you're talking about is emphasized in the fact that their new class as you totally bypass all of that middle content that you just talked yeah, about. Yeah, exactly. That That is their total... And that's like, what all the new epic classes are going to be like. Too. Like you've suffered through this crap enough over the last three years, just skip it. Yeah, it's not important, and we've forgotten. We are over it. They are totally over it. They're like, 
level 1 through 70, Dink. forgotten. It's all about the end game now. But you know, for different player types, like Jason, he's the explorer, that's not what he's into. I don't know, though. Maybe, you know, it's like maybe they're going to get him. You you know, they might They'll I don't know. get you yet, my pretty. Yeah, they will. <laughs> Well, we've beaten it to death. I hope we talked about some stuff that's a little bit different than just going through every possible feature of the game, you know? Yeah, and please feel free to share your strongly felt opinions, whether you agree with us or disagree with us, at mail at channelmassive.com or a voicemail at channel.massive.skype or an audio recording. Yeah. Which we really like. Yes. combination of topics that couldn't have been more suited for Noah. <laughs> Nintendo is spiritual advisor Paul Burnett. <laughs> spiritual advisor my ass. And MMOs. <laughs> or as Noah would call him, the British twit. Ah, uh, yes, yes. I have referred to him as that before. Well, not on the show until Jason said it. <laughs> on the anyway, show for me. What isn't cool about white sunglasses... <laughs> Paul, Paul Barnett, um, of course, he's the uh, creative director for uh, Electronic Arts. Uh, Electronic Arts. Mythic. Nice lisp. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, anyway, he he made this comment about console MMOs and the problems that developers have with it, and he made a comment that said. Uh, the number one problem of a developer of an MMO these days is that it's very hard to be creative and keep your eye on the target when almost everyone has only ever played one of these games and it dominates their thinking. A successful console MMO would have to be different, he says. You would have to build something f- very console-centric from the get-go. I think probably the best chance of someone doing something like that is Nintendo doing something crazy that no one expects. He went on to say that the secret to uh, a good console MMO lies somewhere within Rock Band. The best, the best example I can find for a perpetual online console game is Rock Band, with its Xbox Live community store. It's somewhere in there. I don't know what it is, but that's perhaps the closest I've seen to convincing console people to do things together, to do things online, to do things that cost money to earn income. So Noah, I guess my question to you, since you're the Nintendo guy, is do you do you agree with that assessment? Do you agree that Nintendo, out of out of all of these co- big major console um, developers out there, do they have the forts- foresight, the ingenuity to be the first to create an MMO? No. And, and okay, so I, explain. I actually don't. I think that's good. 
right, no. <laughs> They'll suck. There's an elaborate answer in a single it word. Was. It's like you know you 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 when you when you took, thank you that was the shortest. When you gave us the ever. historical perspective combined with the future prospects combined with the and an your industry delivery. insider insights yeah. and the emotional plea. Yes, <laughs> the emotional plea for Paul Burnett to be quiet. Riveting. That that will go in my great moments of podcasting history file. <laughs> There's actually several things that I, I disagree with what he's saying. He's uh, he is endearing in all of his sincerity and and enthusiasm, uh, but I think this is a typical marketeer off the cuff BS type of thought wave in that. Oh, God, you know, Nintendo, they made this Wii thing. Nobody saw it coming. It's really successful. That's really weird. Since anybody else that's been established that's tried to do an MMO online for a console hasn't come up with the magic formula, then it must be the people that did something really crazy and weird because, hey, we didn't think that that, that would succeed. And there's there's just that point. It, it, it's faulty. It's it's There's not good reasoning behind that. But even more so... Nintendo has been the slowest in getting involved in online gaming and online transactions out of all of the console makers. Now, if you were to ask them, Nintendo, they would say, oh, but we're the very first people that ever got online because actually with their Famicom system, Famicom system back in Japan, they actually had an online component. And you could take the old original NES, the Japanese version, online and do stuff with it. And that, of course, didn't ever take off, and they abandoned it. But, I mean, they, they don't even have... A, the, the size of the hard drive on the Wii, which is actually the Wii, which is only a flash drive... I was going to say, isn't that like a crippling feature? It's 512 feature? megabytes. Right. And just the other week, they launched their WiiWare service, which is a lot like Xbox Live, where all this new, very these new very cool downloadable games are available for purchase. I've already downloaded a couple of WiiWare titles already. Yeah, a friend of mine on my Nintendo staff is like, you know... I don't know what to do. I, I've only downloaded two games, but my space is almost full. And Nintendo's solution is really hokey. They're like, well, you should go get a one gigabyte or two gigabyte SD card and just constantly juggle things in between. Or you can delete it and we'll remember that you purchased such and such thing for your system. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're, they just, the, the one thing that they, did, that they did was that was admirable is that unlike Xbox Live, a lot of their online multiplayer, whether it's Smash Brothers or Mario Kart, where you don't have to pay a subscription to do it. You just get online and do it. That's the same way as it is with DS, which is really nice. It makes it available for lots of people, but it's not bringing them in money. It's more of a Guild Wars business model where it's like, buy the software, we'll provide the infrastructure for online play. Paul Burnett is... For one thing, he lists, of all things, Rock Band as an example. After saying that Nintendo is going to be the company that's going to deliver an MMO, he points out Rock Band as an example of the closest thing to a console MMO, which maybe he doesn't know, but Nintendo's not even supporting online downloadable content, or at least the the creators of Rock Band aren't on the Wii. And I would actually take a much different example for an example of MMO possibilities. I would not pick Rock Band. Rock Band is just a limited console-centric version of Xbox Live limited to one game, basically. It's a piece of software that you can add on to with microtransactions. That's cool. The game that's really been the most popular online game in the console world has been Call of Duty 4, of all things, which is a lot more like an MMO in that it has RPG elements. The more that you play, the more that you can level up your character. I mean, you're going in there and you're playing 
squad-like and yeah. deathmatch-type FPS games, but the more that you play, the more you level up your character, which really follows the MMO model. Now, maybe in Paul Barnett's thinking, that's not going to be the secret to success for MMOs because it's not totally weird, not totally out there, and it cleaves too closely to existing MMO standards, but it's been a big hit. And if there's going to be... Yes, it has. A, if there's going to be a sign of where MMO action is going to go... That's that's the first stepping stone is Call of Duty 4. Rock Band is awesome, but it doesn't even have online competitive play at this point. We're going to have to wait until Guitar Hero 4's World Tour comes out right. later this year. So I would there's a lot of franchises that Nintendo could take into the MMO world, whether it's Zelda, even if it were Mario. There would be lots of game series that I'd love to see as an MMO or some kind of online persistent world. It would just rock. But I have no faith that Nintendo not can this, do that. Just not in this incarnation of the Wii yeah. as it currently stands. Can I take a total outsider, but... Mm, what's the word for it? Sarcastic opinion? Sure. <laughs> it's like Nintendo, the company that brings us Mario Kart again and again and again. And yeah. Mario, Super Mario, Mario... Mario Apocalypse. Dark Mario Apocalypse. <laughs> Apocalypse. This time it's personal. Uh, you know, Smash Brothers 5010. <laughs> it's like they just reinvent the same thing for every new system and change it slightly. You know, it's got new graphics. I, obviously, you know, a lot of people say the, the universe game is just incredible, and I'm sure it is. But Mario World was pretty incredible when it came out, too. Well, there are two franchises that are examples of Nintendo stepping outside the box and not providing a mega sequel. And they both came up during the GameCube's lifespan. And the first one was Pikmin, which was their take on RTS. And it involved harvesting little creatures to help tackle tackle monsters and and build a spaceship. And it, it was pretty cool. It was a very Nintendo take on things. It wasn't a major hit. And there's also Animal Crossing, which is probably the closest thing that they've ever done to a traditional MMO where you create a town and you create a character that interacts with all these NPCs basically, but they have their own routines and their own needs and wants. And you try to satisfy all of them and end up making your own home and customizing all that. And when they made it for the DS, they made a sequel in the DS. It actually involved, you could travel to other people's towns and it it was pretty cool. There's no subscription model. It's all free, but it's all in this Richard scary type of, anthropomorphic animals things. It's it's a Nintendo take on it that, again, is not compelling. If there's going to be something MMO coming out of Nintendo, it's going to be from a second-party company within them, such as Retro Studios, which made the Metroid, Primes, Metroid Prime games. They, they'll take the source material and make it into something new, but it's not going to be Nintendo's specialty right. or forte. I also think it's funny that he totally ignores the fact that there are MMOs slated come out on the um on the PS3, PS3 and the, and the Xbox 360. 360 totally like just goes ah unimportant yeah <laughs> APB failure agency uh, failure a- failure agent conan <laughs> failure GTA online failure. failure yeah like just to totally like just disses them outright so you know yeah. and I, who knows he might have he's a very energetic guy he might have been caught up in the heat of the moment of the conversation and just blinked those the white sunglasses might have like uh, totally fried him i don't know but I, I, I do really applaud the compliment towards Nintendo, but I don't think in this case that it was merited. Nice try, Paul. Try you harder. your take on that, Noah. Thank you.
Well, we've gone from PCs to consoles and back, and we're now at the end of our long, long journey of episode 43. <laughs> well, wait, wait, no, no. <laughs> this is what Jim missed by his by having his extreme sports injury. Nice excuse. <laughs> well, we'll make him come next time. Unless yeah. he's in surgery or something. But We hope you all enjoyed the show. If you'd like to have any words with us about anything that you found offensive or exciting. <laughs> Shooting for the lowest possible. I felt there were some offensive elements to this episode. Never. Just because we called Paul Burnett a British twit. Oh, wait, that <laughs> oh, was you. Much worse than that. But please, we would love to hear from you. We love all the email and feedback we get and ideas for future episodes. Send them to us, mail at channelmassive.com. M-A-I-L. Or leave us a voicemail via Skype at channel.massive.skype, S-K-Y-P-E. Skype. <laughs> or if you're entrepreneurial or enterprising. The French have no word for that. Like Derek, you can send us an audio clip via email, again, to mail at channelmassive.com. We look forward to hearing from you. And until then, we hope we see you on Age of Conan. Wicana server. Thank you for listening to Channel Massive.